This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Talk Radio AM 640. Welcome to The Parenting Show. We are The Parenting Show that talks about all the topics and issues that you want to hear about. And I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. Joining me in studio today is good friend of the show and fellow Chic Mama of three, Miss Angie Campanelli of The Family Travel Guide. Hi, Angie. Good morning. Okay, wait, good evening. Good afternoon, good evening, and good day. Angie always like, she's like, what day of the week is it, Pina? What time is it? We're all over the place. Uh, next to Angie, we have another former guest. She is a mama of two. She is a child and family therapist and the author of Generation Stressed. I'm talking about our friend Michelle Cambolis. Hey, Michelle, how are you? I am doing well. Always happy to be on the parenting show. And especially uh, now because we're going to be talking about the impact of stress on children and families. So. Which is so super important. And I'm just, I'm happy that you're here in studio because last time, um, if you guys remember back, we had her on in May, but you were over the phone. And this is so much better so because um, I get to see your lovely face and your long eyelashes. Oh. <laughs> I have eyelash envy. <laughs> but it's so good. You're here. You're in person. And uh, and we're going to have a really, really great conversation because, like you mentioned, we're going to focus on a topic that's pretty serious. I'm talking about stress and anxiety in children. Angie, you've got three boys of various ages, from baby to toddler to teen. Noah is uh, is 12, your stepson. You've got Jack, who's three, and you've got Harrison, who's one. Mm-hmm. Michelle, you have two older boys. I do. One's almost a man, 18, and then my youngest is 14. Both have had to combat uh, stress and anxiety um, their whole life because there is a hereditary factor. And um, they they it really shows up in different ways. So how it showed up for my eldest was very different than for my youngest son. So I've been informed not only personally, um, but also through my work with uh, children and families. See, that's awesome. And I, I'm, we're going to get into that later on in the show because I want to know how we figure that out. So we'll get into that. Um, and of course, I've got three kids. Uh, they range from 21 months up till six years old. So many may think, you know, stress and kids you know, what stress or anxiety could they possibly have, right? Um, but it's very real and it's really serious. And if we don't help them deal and cope, um, how are they going to, you know what I mean, like be able to move forward? Um, am I right, Michelle? Like we need well, to deal with this and we need to help them as parents. It's our it. responsibility and our duty, right? That's just it. And our children are, they're growing up at a time unlike any other. And we are more worried and more hurried than Ever before, our children are growing up, breathing the air of technology. And so um, we're really, we're, we're facing the age of anxiety and have a really important role in cultivating an ecosystem for our children that's really going to support their mind-body health. So, and really, really good points. Now, I just want to take a step back before we get jump into things. Um, because many people may be listening, many of you parents, you know, tuned in by your radios are probably wondering, okay, well, what exactly is anxiety? So let's start there. So what is it? Great question. Um, I first of all want parents to know that all stress is not bad. And it's really chronic stress that leads to anxiety. So, um, when we have short bursts of stress, when kids have to take a test or um, perform in front of the class or run a race, that short burst of 
of stress is actually really good for their body system. It strengthens their heart. And in fact, it strengthens their immune system. But when they're facing chronic ongoing stress that they cannot get away from when it's unrelenting, that's when it has an effect um, leading to anxiety, high cortisol levels, high adrenaline levels, um, the imbalance in the hormone system um, really has a tremendous impact and wreaks havoc on their body. So I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think of different stress, right, for kids. So maybe for like the young kids would I think a lot body of train like yeah. I'm trying to think of like starting young it has to do with like, your household too though I notice it even in babies like I'm not it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to something like I've noticed in my kids when I'm stressed and they, certain things that I get stressed or anxious over I mean I'm type A so c- feeling in control and like everything's you know in falling in line and, the way it yeah. should be and in line um is how I function the sense of chaos or disorder I get stressed and I'm noticing in my children that they pick up on that. And yes. you can see sometimes my baby, if he can tell that I'm stressed, like he cries, like they're reacting. The stress is affecting them even. They're picking in a up on the energy. Way. Yeah. Angie, such a good point. Our children are more stressed because we're more stressed. And the research is showing that 80% of kids tell us that what stresses them the most is their parents' stress. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And we have more stress than ever before. I think nowadays, like you were mentioning, we're worried, we're hurried. And yep. not in a bad way or necessarily to a fault, but that's just the way so many people function these days. You're balancing work, social media, blogs, life. Definitely. Um, just normal sports and activities with your kids. I feel like every day we're all on a timeline and we're all running on a clock. Yeah, and it's, and it's balancing that that work-life balance, right? Like we're trying to get some work-life balance going, right? So um, that's a really good point, Angie, that the kids are picking up on our stress. I was even, you know, as I was thinking about sitting down today for the show, stress, kids, looking at my kids. And, and like I mentioned, I'm like, you know, I'm looking at Lily, who we just potty trained, right? And I was wondering if that was stress for, you know, someone of her age, you know what I mean? Or maybe like the starting of the school year or like just even starting school. Um, being at the playground during recess, you know, and the friends and stuff like that. So I was trying to think of like different ways that these kids are being stressed out because a lot of the times you hear, honestly, kids stressed? What do they have to be stressed about? So I'm glad you brought up the whole fact that they're picking up on our energy. And if we're stressed out as parents, they're sensing that. And... You know, these other um, factors as well. Yeah, keep in mind that our children are hardwired to match us. And they actually have mirror neurons. We all have mirror neurons in our brain systems. And it's part of um, our survival response. So our children are doing their job. They're tying into our emotional reality. So when we come home to ourselves, we practice self-care, have lots of downtime, and, and really strive towards that balance that Angie is talking about, then we're doing them a world of good. That's so good. It's something that, you know what, a lot of the times it goes over our heads. Um, I know it does for me. And um, and that's why I thought that, you know, we need to sit down. We need to sit down with Michelle and go over all of this and give parents some tips and ideas and and uh, and some activities that we can do with our kids to, to help them overcome this stuff. So stay tuned because uh, we've got more coming up after the break. You're listening to The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640.
Now, back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca, and today we are talking stress and anxiety in our children with our friends uh, here, Angie Campanelli of The Family Travel Guide and Child and Family Therapist, as well as author of Generation Stressed, Michelle Camboulis. Um, The thing that scares me the most is having a child who might be suffering from stress and anxiety and and not knowing it, right? Um, And I think that goes for any parent. Um, Just the thought of that breaks my heart because as any parent, the last thing you want is your child suffering and possibly suffering alone, right? Like, I'm sure, Michelle, you've been there. Angie, you've been there. Nothing new, right? Um, Michelle, one really important question that I have for you is how can we tell that our child might be stressed um, or is suffering from anxiety. Are there any specific um, signs that we should be looking for? Great question. And with uh, stress and anxiety, it's really an internalizing issue. So we don't see it overtly. And it means um, being really attuned to those soft signs. Anxiety shows up in the body. So if your child is having headaches, stomach aches, sleep problems, those are some red flags that they may be struggling with anxiety. But also look for um, problems at school, difficulty focusing, um, isolating, social problems, um, behavioral problems. So often um, a child may be uh, acting out and we interpret that as a behavioral issue when in fact uh, any kind of acting out is caused by an inner stress and anxiety. Okay. I noticed that when Noah was growing up, a lot of the times, so that's my stepson, he's uh, 12 and a half now, and um, it was all about looking at those things that you mentioned, but with a pattern. Like I noticed for a bit there that he was having trouble sleeping and he would be up in the middle of the night and it started around like four and a half and then it reemerged around like six and then again at nine. And it was kind of always in these moments of um, big change, but I wasn't relating the sleep. I'm like, oh, he had too much sugar today. Oh, whatever. And I started really thinking about it and realizing like, no, this is, this is the common factor here. And he would complain about feeling sick and be like, I can't go to school today. I have a stomach ache. And so I'm like, first I'm like, oh, you better stay home it's a sick day but I realized it was all connected to if he had a track meet if there was something big his anxiety was making him feel sick and noticing patterns and realizing like when it's happening I think is so important for parents because it is easy to dismiss it at first and not really think it's anything and then it's it's a lot harder to be in tune and realize like this is reoccurring um, and I'm noticing at certain times it's related to certain things, and then you can manage it way better. And that's what conscious parent- parenting looks like. It It is about tuning into your child and noticing those patterns and um, becoming aware of, of what those signals are telling you. Um, so that's really critical to allowing him to be safe in your care. Mm-hmm. Now, Angie, you mentioned that it started around when he was four, mm-hmm. right? And that's really funny because Samantha, who's now six, when she was four, that's when she started to complain about headaches and stomach aches, which is still something ongoing. And um, I still can't pinpoint what it is. And I've been trying to see if there's something associated with these times that she's saying, I, you know, my head hurts or my tummy hurts. Um, sometimes um, I realize it's around big family events. And um, my dad passed away about two years ago. Well, just two years ago, I should say. And 
ever since then, it's been around the time of his passing, Christmas, his birthday, and believe it or not, she has major nosebleeds. And I always thought, you know, the doctors are like, well, no, there's nothing wrong with her. Nothing wrong. And then I noticed the timing of these milestones, these family events, and my dad not being there, who she was so super close with. And I'm like, is there some kind of connection there? And then, you know, obviously there's there's been a few times that I'm thinking maybe it's school, but a lot of the time I'm really pinpointing it with yeah kids don't come with a handbook do they and so it's always a process of discovery and uh and looking at patterns is is a a great way to really understand um how they're coping with everything that is happening around them so and as with the nosebleed stress shows up in all kinds of different ways that's interesting so would you say um Is it just, you know, coincidence that, you know, Angie noticed in Noah at four, I noticed in Samantha at four? Is that usually like how young does it start with children that you've noticed? Yeah, well, it really depends on their physiology. So we know that anxiety has a genetic link. And for those children, we'll probably see those signals earlier. Um, But it really depends on what's happening within their world. So um, if children are going through a whole host of chronic stressors, of course we're going to see anxiety showing up. And, and um, regardless of developmental age or stage, what I want parents to know most of all is that there's a lot that you can do to support. And that is a really good point because we are going to get into that when we get back from the break. So stick around because you're listening to The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Talk Radio AM 640. This is The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca, and today we're focusing on a more serious topic. We're talking about stress and anxiety when it comes to our kids. And joining us today is child and family therapist, Michelle Camboulis, and Miss Angie Campanelli of the Family Travel Guide. Um, before the break, you said something, Michelle. You said that um, the world that these kids are living in, and when you said world... It made me stop and think for a second because is it just me or is it that kids nowadays are seem or are they really a lot more stressed than say like 20 years ago? In fact, they are. Yeah, the research is showing um, across the board our children are more stressed than three, four, five decades ago. And uh, that's about the massive change in our culture, our our lifestyles, and um, something called our locus of control. So um, 40 and 50 years ago, our focus was on the internal. That's what we valued. Our relationships, our, our values, our connections, and and now our locus of control is really focused on the external. So that's how many likes we're getting on Facebook and uh, and what we might look like, how much money we might have, fame. In fact, we are 80% more externally focused than we were in the 50s and 60s. That's kind of scary. So when your locus of control is the external, that means you lose all of your power. 
when your sense of self and your sense of well-being is no longer connected with um, your values and the internal, then you're giving up a lot of control. Well, and imagine, think about it. We grew up um, with a certain value system. And the children today are using online spaces so much now that they're only growing up with this superficial Digital, value system, yeah. like the likes and the and the you know sharing of video and YouTube fans and subscribers and all of this stuff. Like I notice with my my stepson, like the dream is no longer a certain career goal. It's I want to have a YouTube channel. Like it's just so different nowadays. And it used to be you know who your best friend was in the schoolyard and if you were invited to a birthday party. But now it's like oh, you only got a hundred likes on that picture and so and so got this many friends. It's scary. It's like it's these poor children have this. And everything's so public. So yes. if you didn't get invited to that birthday party, everyone knows it because you're not up on Instagram on the picture of the birthday party. Right. And tagged. And yeah, it, it's. I was reading an article about it and it was just saying, oh God, now um, I'm, we were talking about it during the break, Michelle, that every time you pick up your phone and there is a like, a comment, new followers. You feel good um, about yourself. Yeah. Yes. And not only that. instant gratification. And not only that, it creates a, a shift in your brain system. If you if you look at your phone and you get that immediate feedback, you have a surge of dopamine in your brain. So that becomes addicting. See, and I think that that's like social media. It's such a fantastic tool, but it can also be, I don't know, I like to call it sometimes the devil if it's used the wrong way. You know what I mean? And Michelle, you have, you told me a story once when we were talking um, about a baby that you saw in a cafe. And I'd love for you to share that with uh, with Angie here and with uh, with all of our uh, listeners. Yeah, I was uh, I was in a cafe and um, I was in the line and I was having this really lovely interaction with this baby, just so eager to connect and the smiles and there's nothing like it, right? That feeling of um, connecting with a little one. And I, I took my snack and I went and sat down and I, uh, I just was observing. I didn't bring my phone. <laughs> this was one wow, of the few times really? that I didn't. It was like, whoa, this is awesome. This is a gift. And as I'm observing in the cafe, I was watching the little child again, and mom was on her phone. And um, of course, we all we all do this. Um, I'm guilty none of, of us it. are immune. Um, but she was super engaged in whatever was going on with her phone. And this little one who really didn't have words yet, started to just nudge mom. And, but mom didn't notice. And then she started to kick mom. And mom still didn't notice. And baby, more than anything, just wanted her mama's gaze. Because that really confirmed to her that I exist in your eyes. I matter. Which leads me to think, as parents, are we contributing to the stress and 100%. anxiety that our children are experiencing? One hundred percent. And right? I'm not an expert by any stroke of the imagination, and but I am a firm believer that um, I honestly can see it in my from my infant to my toddler. Like when I, right now we're in the middle of a move and job changes and all these huge monumental shifts in our family, and I feel the stress. And in the moments when I'm really stressed, I 
I see my baby might cry. My toddler might have a meltdown. He does the kicking and the nudging when I'm sitting on my phone all day. And when I get stressed over, you know, oh, there's a pool and there's no fence around it. Careful, 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 danger, danger, careful. I see my toddler changes and he all of a sudden is like danger, danger. Yeah. Like, yes, you're teaching them, but but what are we teaching them? And at what expense, um, you know, does our stress and anxiety, like how does it affect them? And I, I see it affecting I think them. our children are beckoning us to show up in a playful, non-anxious state. Mm-hmm. So play activity, getting outside, without connection, videoing. putting down yeah, the screens, true, putting some putting some guidelines around that is really key to combating this problem. Yeah. And it's also as parents too, the other thing too that I want to bring up is the expectations that we have for our kids. Whether it's like getting good grades, extracurricular activities, they've got to do well in that. You know, we're going through swimming lessons and like, it's like, okay, girls, you got to do well so we can get to the next, you know, level. And then I stop and I think, what am I doing? Let them be kids. Let them have fun. How do you find that balance between teaching um, and encouraging your child to do better and strive more, um, but then also just be proud of their effort in the moment? You know, the really cool thing is this, um, under the right circumstances, Um, our children have self-healing systems and also um, the ability to self-motivate. So when their self-esteem is intact and they're confident and um, they're well-attached and well-supported, that motivation just naturally emerges. And so they're curious about the world and they want to learn. And and also their value system and their self-esteem comes from something else other than perfectionism. Wow. It's uh it's pretty incredible to know that, you know, some of our kids are dealing with this and we may not be aware of it. And so I'm anxious, anxious, which is hilarious to say, um to excited. get some tips. <laughs> excited is probably a better word to get some tips uh because Michelle, you are going to walk us through some different activities that we can we can do with our kids uh, that might be a little bit stressed out or experiencing some anxiety. So stick around because you're listening to The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Welcome back to The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of chicmama.ca, and joining me in studio is Angie Campanelli of The Family Travel Guide and Michelle Cambolis, who is the author of Generation Stressed and is also a child and family therapist. We have been talking about stress and anxiety in our kids, whether they are babies, toddlers, teens, um, you know, or even older, young adults, like Michelle's son, who you've got yours, that is, you've got a 14 and an 18 year old, yes, right? I do. Um, so we're talking about this world and it's a scary world for parents because we want to be there to be able to help our children cope and deal. Um, but how do we do that? What are some things that we can do? Like I know... Michelle, you, we actually had, our family had the opportunity to sit down with you and spend some time with you. And you did some mindfulness activities 
with my girls. Yeah, it was amazing. We had a, a whole group of children, and most were around the age of four. And it was incredible. It was so cute and hilarious. <laughs> so cute, so amazing, so in touch with themselves, and aware of um, the their sensations and experience of stress. So we had them really, you know, naming and identifying where they feel stress in their body. And then from there, practice all kinds of um, CBT, cognitive behavior therapy um, tools, all play-based, all evidence-based and shown to really support children in um, changing their mindset, but also um, practicing certain behaviors that really amplify well-being and activate the relaxation response. One of the activities that you did, and I'll never forget because then I heard a mother talking to you about it, and the reasoning behind this activity just blew me away. And it was, um, the kids had a bucket of water with a big sponge in it, and their whole, what they had to do was go up to the sponge and squeeze it out, right? Squeeze out all the water to release this stress. And you were explaining to a mother what that does to a person's body. Yeah, it's based off of something called um, progressive relaxation. So when we when we squeeze muscle groups and then we release them, um, it releases neurochemicals from our brain system that activate the relaxation response. So um, w- the children were identifying something that they're worried about or something that they um, is bothering them. Um, and then connecting with where they were sensing it in their body. And as they were squeezing the water out of this big, huge sponge, they were squeezing those feelings and those thoughts out as well. But the key was they then replaced that with thoughts and sensations that were more supportive. So we had them think about a color that they associate with um with well-being and relaxation, and they were breathing that color into their body. So you're doing all kinds of different things. You're squeezing the muscles, um, activating the parasympathetic nervous system, the relaxation system, and then also encouraging children to breathe deeply because if anything is going to discourage anxiety, it's long, deep breaths. That's the, and the kids, honestly, Angie, you had to see them, eh? They were having a field day. They absolutely loved it. I would love to definitely try that at home. Is there anything else you can recommend? Like I know um, I've heard if you're, you know, toddlers and whatnot are having a meltdown. Actually, a good friend of mine, uh, Rebecca, said uh, match their breathing, like put your, putting your hand on their chest and just encouraging them to take deep breaths to slow that yes. kind of anxious vibe. But is there any other like little simple things that parents can do if they see that their children are having a rough time? Yeah, that's that's. Great connecting with the breathing, having children lie down and putting, you know, a, um, a, a friend, a doll or a or a stuffy on their tummy and watching it go for a ride on their tummy so that they're doing that diaphragmic breathing is awesome. There's also something called pizza breathing where you breathe in for four and you hold for four and then you breathe out for four and go around the pizza several times. And that, too activates the calming response. But we also want to help children to externalize the thoughts and the worries that go hand in hand with stress. Because when we know, um, when when we can support them towards thinking um, positive thoughts, supportive thoughts, encouraging thoughts, it has a direct impact on, on what they're feeling. See, and when we were with 
all those kids and they were doing this stuff, I'm telling you, they were so happy and had the biggest smiles on their faces. So I think that um, it's really important that, that we as parents take the time to just sit down and connect with them. Um, and like you said, with that baby that just wanted, you know, its mother to just look over and maybe smile. It, and it totally broke my heart when you told me that story, by the way. Um, I think we need more of that. And we need to play with our kids. We need to go back to the way things were when we were young. So you're listening to The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Stick around because we have more with Michelle and Angie when we return. Now back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Talk Radio AM 640. Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca. We've got Angie Campanelli in studio with us today from Family Travel Guide and Michelle Campbell. She is the author of Generation Stress. She's also a child and family therapist. And Generation Stressed is uh, a book that she wrote and it's all about play-based activities to help deal with stress and uh, overcome anxiety in children. And I think that this is a topic that all parents need to um, be aware about, to talk about, so then they have the tools um, that they need to be able to deal with this and help their kids. And one of the things, because now um, September, start of a new school year, is the fact that it is part of a new school year and there's a lot of stresses that go along with it. Um, and I just want to touch about uh, upon that before we get into some different activities that we can do. Any major uh, tips or things that we as parents should do um, at the start of a school year? Like, and I'm talking from anything from, you know, starting JK, maybe a child starting high school or even entering college or university. Yeah, there's a lot that you can do for sure. Um, preparation is key. So getting into that back to school mindset and talking with kids about um, the things that they can do to empower themselves um, in that preparation process is pretty awesome. So um, one of the most important pieces is getting back into a sleep routine. And we know that on average, our kids are getting one hour less sleep than they need every single night. That's having a massive effect on their brain development, makes it hard for them to be able to focus at school and to be able to regulate their emotions and behavior and so on. So if we can get sleep back on track, then it's a lot easier to cope overall. And that's something simple, sleep, right? And it's just like, okay, maybe wrap things up, get that bedtime routine started. And I don't mean to say it like, you know, for like you would for a toddler, could be for a toddler, even someone in high school. Um, but sleep, yes, definitely something huge I'm and for us adults yeah. as well huge. I'm a huge proponent for routine I think that like because I've seen my stepson grow all the way up from toddler to you know he's going to be 13 and you see you think they think you're doing them a disservice because you're telling them listen it's bedtime give me your phone put it on the counter you got to go to bed you'll xyz yeah um and 
they're not cool. They want to be, they want to go to school the next day and be like, I was up till 11 last night. Like there's just some kind of cachet associated with not having rules. But And they can be really sneaky yeah, with oh, the devices. I see the glow. I'll get up at like midnight and I'll be walking down the hall and I see this like blue glow and I'm like, open the door and there he is. The it's either a UFO oh, or... My son has have become really clever in that he will stuff pillows in the crack of the door so that I don't so see the glow. Dark. Yeah. Mm, see? <laughs> I'm on to him. But the routine, I think it pays off down the road. Like my parents were pretty strict when I was growing up with a routine. And when I went off to university and I was left to my own devices, that routine was sort of ingrained in me. Like yes. it just still felt natural to have that unwinding before bed or read before bed, whatever your association is with it. So in the moment, you may not be the coolest parent or you might think that they're going to resent you. But honestly, the best thing that you can do is they'll thank us for child. Yeah, they'll thank us yeah. for it later. That's they what's... have lots of friends. And it's, you know what, I think that something as plain and simple as sleep is probably, I don't know, Michelle, maybe the most important? I would say it's absolutely the most important, um, aside from great nutrition and activity. Yes. It's one of the pillars of our our mind-body health system. What's a good bedtime? We argue about this in our household all the time. Like, I'm, And I'm not being facetious like... I know the number is going to shock a lot of the listeners right now, but like if you're dealing with an elementary school age child, what is a good bedtime? It depends on when they're getting up, but we do know that children um, who are school age need between 9 and 11 hours sleep. And again, most are getting one hour less. Teens, we're looking at 8 to 10. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm pretty sure the way my stepson stays up and <laughs> pushes his bedtime, they're getting closer to 8. Yes. You know, maybe less. It's not even the one hour in our household. I see a significant decrease. And then you see that impact their desires throughout the day to perform and excel. And and it's amazing how many of us are struggling with our sleep life. And we are in a sleep crisis within our culture. Um, We have poor sleep attitudes in that we don't prioritize it and see the importance of it. I've been working um, really closely with Alana McGinn from Mm -hmm. Goodnight Sleep Site. And um, they have a whole crew um, within their pediatric division that are helping families with this problem. We used her. You did. You do. Emailing her questions, especially, you know, if I noticed those patterns that I was mentioning earlier where a child is waking up all of a sudden and it's new and we were trying to help figure out, like, maybe they actually need to go to bed earlier. Yeah. Like maybe maybe they're overtired. And she always said, try moving their bedtime earlier, winding them down earlier. And and everyone's going, really? Like you're going to put a 10 year old to bed at eight o'clock? And she was like, why not? Yes. And it works. Yeah. So getting sleep in order is a great first step in terms of back to school and do that on the early side so the routine is already set in. Um, We'd spoken about routine. I'm a big fan of something so simple and so powerful called a whiteboard. (laughs) With our busy lifestyles, (laughs) having the whiteboard so everyone can see what's coming next, even older kids and teens really benefit from this. And don't forget to schedule play, activity, downtime, and connection. Play simple. We have more when we get back from the break, so stick around. You're listening to The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. 
Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca. We are here. We're talking about stress and anxiety in our children. We've got Michelle Cambolis uh, joining us, and she is the author of Generation Stressed, as well as Miss Angie Campanelli, mama of three from Family Travel Guide. So we've been talking about um, stress and anxiety in our kids, signs uh, that we should look for uh, so we can help our kids deal and cope some different activities with the school year starting, the importance of sleep and routine, a whiteboard, Michelle, you mentioned, just plan things out and let the kids know what's going on. Open communication, which is, you know what I mean, like huge. Um, what else, because we're going to be wrapping things up, what else should we tell these parents? Because you know what? I was reading an article on, um, it was NBCnews.com, and it was from 2014, so it's a couple years ago, and it was saying how teens are more stressed than adults. Teens reported stress levels of 5.8 on a 10-point scale compared with a 5.1 for adults. They also reported in the article that 31% of kids said that their stress level increased in the past year. So this is real this is something we've got to help our kids with. So what else can we do as parents to help them? We want to ensure that our children are active because when our children are out and they're exercising daily, then they have an increase in endorphins and um, a greater sense of well-being. We want to ensure that they are eating breakfast. Those kids that eat breakfast, are they are better able to regulate their mood throughout the day and they're more successful academically. We want to eat together because yes. because um, very few families are eating together. And yet those who do um, have children who feel more connected, who feel empowered, who are more verbal and socially communicative, and they are more successful academically. So these are the lifestyle changes that you can make. The other thing that we want to do is we want to help wire their brains for optimism. So be a really aware of what you're modeling in terms of resiliency and, and, and optimism in just what you're saying throughout the day. Um, there's a really strong piece of research by Martin Seligman, who is the grandfather of positive psychology. And he had a large group of people write down three things that they were grateful for every day or three things that went well for one week. And those people were happier overall, significantly happier for over a month. Wow. So imagine the impact if you were to do that on a continuous basis. I also noticed too, uh, we mentioned it earlier um, in the talk about playtime and, and we're, we're doing a lot of talk about how we can teach our children. But as a pseudo stay-at-home mom to my kids, they teach me so much more than I can sometimes think that I can teach them. Like... If you just play with a child and forget about your devices and forget about likes and work in the world and take out Play-Doh and simple activities and just be present and be silly, that reconnection with your own childhood and what it's like to just be free and silly and like having a dance party. And sometimes yes. I act like I'm six again. Like I honestly, I'm just silly and I make faces and sounds and I'm ridiculous. And you just feel this this like lightness and this energy and your kids pick up on it and you're connecting on this primal level that you can't the laughter that you can't get from yeah, a book or a instructional guide or whatever it's like literally just be what there was that book um 
Harvey Karp's The Happiest Toddler on the Block, and he talks about connecting to toddlers as little Tarzans. And it, they're meant to just be wild and explore and climb and touch and taste and feel. And if you do that too as an adult, you'll feel the optimism. The world will look different to you. It won't be so like screen timed and whatever. It'll just be It's so energizing. true. And, and one thing that I'm getting from all of this is think back to our childhood and try to replicate that in a sense. Because I look back and I remember our parents playing with us, going outside um, and just enjoying life. And this was pre-digital era, right? So so think about that. Also, I can't stress enough um, some of the great tips in Michelle's book. So please go check it out. It is called Generation Stressed. It's a play-based um tool book um, with different tips and games and activities to help deal with stress and overcome anxiety. And we're actually going to be giving one away, right, Michelle? We are. So I'm excited about that because we're going to post all the info up on our Facebook page. So you can jump onto that at facebook.com slash The Parenting Show because we'll give it away there. You can also find it online at michellecambolis.com. So that's M-I-C-H-E-L-E. K-A-M-B-O-L-I-S dot com. Angie, people can find you at uh, familytravelguide.ca. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, ladies. Um, Guys, girls, parents, everyone listening. um, If you missed any of this show and want to listen back, you can do so on our podcast. And you can find it at 640toronto.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will catch you next week at 7. This is The Parenting Show on Talk Radio AM 640. So I'm here with my real estate friend. And Holly Garvey Penny. So what's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's an old trend that we're seeing, and that's buyers can breathe. With the recent downtick, properties are staying on the market for a couple of days. That now gives buyers some breathing room to make a decision. But buyers make sure it's an informed decision by viewing a selection of properties with your realtor so you can confidently act fast to get your perfect property. Call or email me with any questions. They can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra.